It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Delighted you were with us here on this Super Monday. We got the game, we got the call, we got the field, we got the halftime show. Iconic night in the NFL. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. I told y'all at the beginning of the week, there's nothing that's going to keep me off that football field. It's the best feeling in the world, man. Everything we work for is for this moment. You have to enjoy this moment. I mean, if there was any doubters left, there shouldn't be now. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. I apologize for that momentary little technical snafu. That was probably my fault. I think I pressed the wrong button, and suddenly my ear didn't work, and so I couldn't hear what was happening, and now I can. So all is well, um, and uh, this was sort of uh, this was just sort of the way this thing uh, was destined to go. Hembo is here. He's devastated. He's got his Eagles green on. He is crushed. My good friend Dominique Foxworth, good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up this morning. We will chat with him, and then we will hear from the assembled members of the hashtag crew that are around us. It has to start with the call, and it, and it kind of breaks my heart that we do, but that really is kind of the reason why it breaks my heart, because this was a classic. I kept tweeting last night, this has all the makings, and it did. Mahomes, practically perfect Patrick in the second half. Jalen Hurts, had there been any questions about him going into it last night, and there probably shouldn't have been, but had there been, he most certainly answered those and then some. He was even better than I thought he'd be. It was a, it's, The game is 35-35 with five minutes left in the Super Bowl. And then, Dominique, the ending is just deflating with the yeah. call. You're a corner. Yeah. Is it a good call? I think it was the right call. I mean, I want to pretend like it wasn't a hold or say whatever I can say. I, I'm, I'm normally on the defensive backside, but James Bradbury, the guy who the call was or the play was called against, he's not even on his side. He said it was a hold because it was a hold. And I think a lot of people believe that the route was meant to be that kind of wheel route. That was an adjustment. The reason why that – that um, Juju was running that wheel route was because James held him coming out of that whip route. And that whip route was the same one they scored both of those touchdowns on, and the Eagles didn't really have an answer for it. Their answer was to put Bradbury in press. He put his eyes in the backfield, and he grabbed him. You can see it just slows down Juju just enough to make it really difficult for him to get out of it. So, so let's do what most shows will not do for you. Let's actually explain what happened, all right? That was a brief explanation, but let's give a better one, or a more complete one. Sure. So Dan Orlovsky diagrammed the right. two plays down by the goal line, the touchdown that Kadarius so, Tony scored, uh-huh. and then the other one, which Sky was Moore. Sky Moore. Right. So they were using the motion to go down inside, and the, the um, Eagles were switching it. So the middle safety would take the receiver who was going in motion. The cornerback who was running with the motion guy was meant to replace the middle safety. They did it with on one side with um, I think it was the nickel and then the receiver whips back out away from the new coverage which is safety scored a touchdown so then they flipped it they did it on the other side with Sky Moore again he goes down this time I think it's Slay and Slay starts to rotate towards the middle and he whips back out and then he scores a touchdown again at a pivotal moment 
rather than do that rock and roll switch, they just put Bradbury and say, go press him, even if he's in motion. So Bradbury goes and tries to press him while in motion, gets his momentum going inside, takes away the inside, which is what you need to do in that situation. And then uh, Juju whips away, and that's when Bradbury just just a little tug, enough to slow him down, uh, to force him, to force Patrick to hold on to it for a second longer, and then Juju converts to a wheel route, and Patrick overthrows him. So, and it's a third down, and if that call yeah. is not made, they're going to kick a field goal there, and Jalen Hurts is going to get a chance, three points, ties it, six points, probably wins the Super Bowl, and that's what we don't get a chance to see. Let me ask you this, and and I will preface the question by saying this doesn't determine whether it's a good call or not, but. Where that ball is thrown by Mahomes, mm-hmm. is Juju going to catch it for a touchdown if the call, if there's no hold there? If, no. if he gets away clear, it looks to me like that ball is not going yeah. to be caught no matter what happens. Yeah, I think that the, the hold wasn't, didn't impact the result uh, or that final result. The right. hole impacted the fact that Patrick had to hold it and he ended up throwing that deep route. They really want to hit him. If you think of those two touchdowns, that's what they want to do in that situation. The same thing they did on those other two plays where they scored touchdowns. Yeah, and so it really is amazing. At one point, RC said, every defensive back that's ever played knows when you get beat the way he got beat on that play, you grab, and you hope you don't get a flag. But even if you do, it's better than giving up a touchdown. This was that one horrible scenario where giving up a touchdown would actually have been better. If they give up a touchdown there, at least they have a chance. Yeah, they tried to give it up later, but then they were smart enough to realize McKinnon, I think it was, to yes, slide at the one. Yes, because he slides at the one. That's my favorite play in football, by the way. I, this, is, this, this might give you some indication of just what a complete egghead nerd <laughs> I am, but the teams that get that wrong, there was yeah. a game this year. When that happened, my wife Stacey, it was the Jets against oh, the Browns. Yeah, yeah. The Jets won a game because of it. Nick Chubb scored a touchdown late in the game when he shouldn't have, and it gave the Jets a chance with an onside kick to come back and win the game, and they did. Um, And in this case, a touchdown would have given the uh, Eagles a chance to go down the field, and the Chiefs did it right. I love it when teams get that right. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Now, Nick, you obviously know our man Hembo here as well as anybody. You work with him regularly on our show on Get Up. He's down. The man is down. And uh, we will we will let him just sort of howl at the moon a little later. I don't want to take up Neek's time. (laughs) But but I think we do have to ask you, when that flag comes out, you're watching the game last night. You see the ball land harmlessly incomplete in the back of the end zone. And you're thinking, we stopped him. The instant you realized there was a flag on the field, can you describe the emotion? Yeah, my heart sunk immediately. And it is still sunk. I'm honestly still sick about the thing. Like, I understand it might have been the correct call, but the, the technically right call, and by the letter of the rule, the right call. But it definitely wasn't, they definitely weren't abiding by the spirit of the rule. It was the first holding call in the game on either team. They'd only even called one pass interference. It was an OPI in the first quarter. So I like to analogize everything to back to baseball. It's an umpire who all of a sudden in the ninth inning starts calling a pitch he hasn't been calling the whole game. So I don't feel like you know the game is rigged or any of my right. like, all my buddies are like texting that kind of stuff today. I don't think any of that. <laughs> yeah. But it's still the most it's like the, the least satisfying way to yeah. lose a game and it leaves this taste in your mouth that is unlike any I can ever remember in a big game that my team lost. Yeah. What do we say to that, Nick? Because that's what I yeah. and I used basketball. Mm-hmm. Like basketball refs early in a game will establish guys, we're not having this tonight, you know, we're yeah. we're calling this, we're not calling this, whatever it is they establish. 
So if they don't call anything the whole night, that feels to me like they've kind of established we're letting this go tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. I haven't watched the game with that in mind. I'll rewatch it later today and, and see how many times we missed it. But it's also possible that it didn't happen other times like the one that Dan pointed to was a a little bit different because there was no like tug and pull and extension I think RC and get up this morning made it clear that the difference there is it's a lot more obvious when there's like a pull and an arm outreach so if I go back and watch and see a bunch of plays that were like that but the hard thing to look at is the final score and the stats for both sides and say um that they were letting holding go you know back when they like had to tighten up these kind of downfield contact rules is because the Patriots were defensing everyone to death. Right. This game was a shootout. So right. I find it hard to believe if people were holding, they was holding the wrong damn guys. <laughs> they should hold somebody else. <laughs> That's probably true. All right. Let, let's get to what we would prefer to have been talking about today. And that is the performance of the two quarterbacks. Mm. We'll start with the winning one. Mahomes, I mean, the, the ankle at the end of the first half, and you're thinking, oh, no, is, is this about to become Chad Henney in the second? You know, I mean, just no one wants, no, no disrespect yeah. to Chad, right. Right. but no one wants to see that. And then Mahomes is practically perfect in the yeah. second half. Yeah, he threw one incompletion, and I think the thing that's been impressive about Patrick Mahomes this entire season, and like I feel like this game was even a microcosm of the season, is he's found a new way to do it. And that's a real hard thing to do for teams, a very difficult thing to do for quarterbacks. And we always talk about once the team has to pay the quarterback, you have to find a different way to get an advantage. This was supposed to be their rebuilding year. This was supposed to be the year where they got all these rookies that are just learning, where they moved on from their number one future Hall of Fame receiver, and their offense was going to be remaking itself. They built up the offensive line. They're going to learn to run the ball. They're going to do things differently. They won the damn Super Bowl in this year. And Patrick Mahomes, even with an injury, was like the main catalyst to this offense making good decisions, running when he got the opportunity, throwing uh, accurate passes, Wow, with people draped all over him. He's a special player on a special team, and this was uh, kind of a, a current, I guess, not a crowning achievement, a jewel in the crown that he already has. Now look, I mean, anyone who knows me, and by that I mean if you've been listening to me talk about these things for years and years on ESPN, you know that I love the historical implications of everything. Um, the only thing that, that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have, if you want to say, well, where does he rank on the list of the all-time great quarterbacks, the only thing he doesn't have is the one thing he's not capable of having yet, and that's the longevity. longevity like, right. you just can't, you can't be 27 years old, in my opinion, and have had a greater career than Joe Montana or Johnny Unitas or some of these others because these guys played 15 years. He will, and once he does, he is clearly on a, on, on a pace, yeah. on a trajectory to be as good as anybody, if not better, than anyone we've ever seen. And I will say this. I believe if he, if he announced today his retirement, and, and don't get me wrong, he's not doing that, but if he were to announce today, you know what? This was fun, but we're done here, guys. He'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. After five years, he's played six total. He's only actually been on the field for five of them. He would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think we need to appreciate the fact that the game is different. It's a little bit easier uh, as far as physical context for quarterback. The middle of the field is open a lot more because of some of the rules, but that doesn't change the fact that the start of his career has been as impressive as any that I can ever remember. So, yes, he's on that trajectory. And, yes, you could probably say he's the best quarterback. It's hard to say he's the greatest because the longevity is not there but his first year as a true starter was an MVP year for 50 touchdowns and though his numbers haven't been as good he's only gotten 
better. He's just starting to enter the age where you kind of think of as a player's prime, that 27, 28 to like early 30s. He's just getting there now. Yeah. And so like the idea that he can continue to do this, he's been in Super Bowl contention every year in the um, conference championship every year that he's been a starter in the Super Bowl three different times. And the one time he lost the Super Bowl may have been one of the most impressive performances we had seen. So, Mm -hmm. yes, I'm with you. It's too soon to say he is better, but the only thing that's stopping us that's saying that he's better is just time. We just have to wait because it's going to happen. He also was brilliant in the AFC Championship game. They lost to New England. Remember, he was under. Look up those numbers he had in that game because that was the incredible overtime game where Romo was calling all the plays before they happened. Remember the, all of that stuff, and 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 they did. They, they someone jumped off sides on D4, that defense. Yeah. D four jumped off sides, or otherwise they were going to win that game. And then Brady got the ball in the OT, and that was all she wrote. What were Mahomes' numbers in that game? Yeah, two hundred ninety five yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, and, and he, he had seven touchdowns and no picks in this playoff run as well. But quickly before I let you go, and we'll spend some time on this today, we need to talk about Jalen Hurts. He played better than Patrick Mahomes last night. I thought so, too. I thought he was the best player on the field last night. I I agree wholeheartedly, and I think we all said that there should not be any questions for Jalen Hurts entering this game. But if you really think about it, the question was a big game against a great opponent. You need to see how you show up in a big – because he had a few big games, but those opponents were lesser than, honestly. This was the biggest game against the best possible opponent, and he played as well as anyone could ask him. And I think we all believe that he was actually going to, at least going to lead his team down for a field goal if they would have gotten the chance to. And through the course of that game, he just showed so much poise, command of the team, and just confidence. The throws, that's the oh. big thing. Is It's not just you can say that he has this paint-by-numbers offense where you're just counting the number of people in the box and his athleticism makes him special. But no, the RPO decisions were huge all season. But last night, the difference in, that, in his performance, why it was probably the best of his career and better than Patrick Mahomes, is he was throwing the passes that you should not throw, but you have to. The situation requires you to throw into coverage and throw into a window that's as big as the football, and you have to hit it in those moments. Those are the type of plays that we're talking about when we say, well, can you, does this quarterback elevate the people around him? It's a cliche, but you want to know what those type of plays look like? It's like that third and 14 to Dallas Goddard. Yes, you have no choice but to catch this ball because I'm going to throw it so perfectly in the biggest moment with all this pressure. And with the exception of that one fumble, which – was very pivotal, and, and even bouncing back from that. Yep. Like, to, uh, to fumble there and then come back the following drive to lead them on a touchdown drive. Like, he just was so in control all the way down to telling his coach to stop talking trash. Yeah. Like, he had control of the entire game. He was un- – that throw to Goddard Ooh. is the kind of pass that, like, if Aaron Rodgers throws it, mm. we're talking about it forever. Yep. Right? Like, we're talking about it forever. Jalen Hurts threw that ball last night. Like, he is the most – We'll talk about him more. He's the most improved player I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, I've been watching football 50 years. I've never seen a player go from being one thing. Like, we weren't wrong about him. No. Nick Saban benched him at halftime of a championship game. <laughs> we weren't wrong when we said he couldn't pass. Yeah. He couldn't. Now he does brilliantly. He's the most improved player I've ever seen. And it's everywhere, too. It's not just like where they're finding things that he does well. Like, he's hitting over the middle field. He's bombing down the sideline. Perfectly accurate passes. He's hitting deep corners. He's hitting short 
outs. He's hitting RPO slants right on target. Like he looked like uh, somebody entirely different than the guy that we saw at Alabama. He, he was great. All right. Uh, I'm going to make an observation that I just thought of. I don't have time to do it here, Hembo, about the three recent Eagles Super Bowls that I think is interesting. And then we will get to our takes, including why it never should have ended the way it did. And we will get Hembo's thoughts uh, on this devastating day for him. Neek, thank you. Outstanding uh, today. No As you. always, we're back in just a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny's Takes. All right, Bob, I'm going to go right to the takes here. I'll give you the top five, my top five takeaways from Super Bowl 57 last night. Number five. The field is a bad look. That's a bad look for the league. Like, I don't think that the condition of the field decided who won or lost. And thankfully, no one got hurt. All the slipping and sliding, like that would have been really bad if like some player tears up his knee or something like that because the condition of the field was so bad. None of those things happened. So <clears throat> the field not being in good condition and with all the players slipping, it winds up being easy to forget. But I think it should be pointed out. Like how do you have the Super Bowl, all the buildup, all of this conversation, everything that goes into it, how does the field wind up being a problem? Like I, I'm just, I'm aghast at that. It was described on the broadcast as a new breed of grass. And my thir- first reaction was, well, two. One, do we really need one of those? Right. And, and secondly, is now the best time to try that out? <laughs> That's right. So the NFL went up spending $800,000 and spent 18 months preparing the, that turf 
for that game, and it was obviously an utter flop. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, you want to have a trial run, right? Like, don't give me a new feel that day. Don't, don't start with new material. Like the comedians, when they finally get on The Tonight Show, they don't say, oh, I'm going to try a few new jokes. They do the tried and true stuff they've tested on the road for months. And they should have done that with this field. So, again, it didn't decide anything, but that, I thought, was kind of a bad look. Number four. All right, the call at the end is a shame. It is not a travesty. And what I mean by that is a travesty is what happened in New Orleans uh, in the NFC Championship game, however many years ago that is now. Like, that was a brutally bad call, or in that case, non-call. That's a travesty. This was not that, because this is a foul. Now, any of us watching, you don't need to have played defense in the NFL, as all these other guys I had with me today did. You don't need to do that to know that's holding. It's holding. But I, I will continue to say, the officials had set a delightful tone that we're not throwing flags tonight. And there were very few penalties in that game. And all the ones there were were super obvious. You know, offsides where you have no choice but to call it, that kind of stuff. And then so all of a sudden, if there was any judgment in the call at all, I would have definitely liked to see them err on the side of letting them play. That said, I, I, I am not going to yell and scream about this because I get it. It's a foul. And I, you don't want to ask the official to take the circumstance into account. So to me, that's how I will describe it. It's a shame. It's not a travesty. Number three. Uh, The best player on the field was Jalen Hurts. I just talked about that a minute ago. I can't begin to tell you how impressed I am with that guy. I mean, he's everything and then some. The way he has handled everything in his career, the, the almost ridiculous improvement that we have seen in him As a passer, I've never seen anything like that. I've been watching the sport 50 years, and I've never seen a guy go from an absolute liability at something to becoming great at it. I mean, genuinely, that would be like if all of a sudden, two years from now, Ben Simmons leads the league in three-point shooting. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's that. It's that ridiculous. He was a bad passer of the football. Bad enough that his coach made the humiliating decision of yanking him at halftime of a national championship game in college. And now he is a brilliant pass. The throws he made last night were ridiculous. That throw to Goddard on the sideline is one of the genuinely great passes you will ever see. So I have so much respect. I can't put into words how much respect I have for Jalen Hurts, and I thought he was the best player on the field last night. Uh, My top five takeaways. Number two. Uh, Number two. Travis Kelsey just cracks me up. He said this on the t- on the Fox broadcast last night. Man, one of y'all said the Chiefs were going to take it home this year. Not a single one. Feel it? And on top of that, next time the Chiefs say something, put some respect on our name. Okay, everyone thought you were. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, these guys just make stuff up. Like, who was it that said the Chiefs were bad this year? Like, Buffalo was the favorite. Kansas City was right behind them. They have the best quarterback, and everyone knows it. Like, put some respect. At, what are we talking about? The conversation is about whether or not you're a dynasty, Travis. <laughs> I mean, it just cracks me up. The players, and this is not meant to be critical, like, they just find that stuff. These guys just find some way to get motivated by some perceived slight they think they heard somewhere along the line. So that just made me laugh. That's my number two takeaway. Number one. But number one is just sort of the ridiculously obvious one, and we can lose the music on that. Patrick Mahomes is off to the best start of any player in NFL history. He is on the trajectory of being the greatest player ever, and that is because quarterbacks are uh, sort of different than other positions. 
Like right now, if you really wanted to say who's the greatest player in NFL history, you could make an argument, I guess, for Jerry Rice. But but let's just use quarterbacks for the moment in this conversation, and we can lose the music on this, guys. Mahomes this year, this year, won regular season and Super Bowl MVPs, led the league in passing touchdowns and in passing yards. Only three players, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Kurt Warner, have ever done that for their careers. Only the three of them had ever done all four of those things at any point in their careers. Mahomes just did all four of them in one season. You know by this time already that he's played six years in the league and he has won two regular season MVPs and two championship round MVPs. Bobby Orr, Tim Duncan, and now Patrick Mahomes are the only players to do that in the history of the four major sports. Now, it is probably worth my saying out loud that Bill Russell probably would have done it. They didn't start giving finals MVP until 1969. But let's even say we were going to include Bill Russell. When you're on a list that is Bill Russell, Bobby Orr, Tim Duncan, and you, you've done something ridiculous. And that's what Mahomes has done. I'm not sure that, at least in my conscious lifetime as a football fan, I've seen a better season, soup to nuts, by a quarterback than his in 2022. All of those things you just said, the MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, the most passing yards, the most passing touchdowns, the number one scoring offense, the first number one scoring offense to win the Super Bowl since the 2009 Saints. He did all of that the season immediately following letting go of Tyreek Hill, your Hall of Fame talent at wide receiver. That happened to three teams this year. Tennessee traded A.J. Brown. They stunk. They were the one seed last year. They missed the playoffs. Green Bay traded away Devontae Adams. They were the one seed last year. They missed the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes did that in those circumstances? I'm not sure front to back that we've seen a quarterback have a better season than that guy just did when you consider how decorated it was and the context behind it. Now, it's really it's at a point well taken and well made. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. All right, Hembo, go ahead. You are a Philly fan through and through. You were the one who basically told us that the Phillies were a lock to win the World Series. And from the moment you said that, uh, I think that they they then got no hit and did not win another game. <laughs> uh, but now your Eagles have fallen in the championship round as well. What are your emotions this morning? So you might be surprised to hear that I'm not angriest, if you will, at the officiating, although I think it was the incorrect call in the moment. I am most definitely angriest, if you will, at Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator who got his clocks cleaned in the second half by Andy Reid. Completely dismantled. Mm. I am not here for it. He has been awfully confident, awfully arrogant, and up until this point, rightfully so. But what he was able to do this year is turn loose a pass rush without blitzing that was able to generate 78 sacks leading into the Super Bowl. They had none. The Eagles' pass rush was a no-show in the Super Bowl. And when it became obvious that they weren't winning consistently, was he able to scheme up pressure? No, he was not. Patrick Mahomes, after halftime, playing on one leg, had a QBR of 99.4. That's out of 0 to 100. He was nearly perfect. He went 13 for 14 in the second half. Jonathan Gannon is the reason the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. I hope he becomes the Arizona Cardinals head coach because I don't want him on my sideline anymore. The Eagles should have won that game 
And if he had just been able to coach somewhat well, reasonably well, made some kind of halftime adjustments, they definitely would have. Yeah, they gave up touchdowns on all of the drives that the Chiefs had in the second half, except for the last one where the, the Chiefs didn't try to score a touchdown. They would have otherwise, right? They kicked the field goal at the right. end only because that's all they needed to do, running the clock down. So essentially, they did not stop. Well, not essentially. They did not stop Kansas City a single time in the second half. And it's worth pointing out, that's par for the course for this guy. Anytime the Eagles defense has faced a halfway decent quarterback this season, they've gotten slaughtered. Dak Prescott destroyed the Eagles this year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, even though it was in a loss, destroyed the Eagles defense this year. What he does works because their people are better than your people, generally speaking. The mark of a good coach is what happens when that's not the case. Last night, the Chiefs had a really good answer in pass protection. Patrick Mahomes was able to protect himself. What answer did Jonathan get and have? Absolutely nothing. He got, I've not seen on a stage like that one of my coaches get out coached to such a degree, especially like that after halftime. The Eagles had been an excellent team after halftime all season long, but he didn't have a single answer. As if we didn't know Patrick Mahomes was good at all that stuff. Patrick Mahomes is out there playing on one leg and he couldn't scheme up any pressure. I was sickened by that. And then the few times that they did get some pressure, Mahomes ran with it. And we know he can do that as well. Um, and m- maybe you thought because of the ankle, he, by you, I mean, maybe if you're mm-hmm. him, um, you would have thought that maybe Mahomes would be less inclined to run or couldn't run, or maybe you wanted him to run on that ankle because you wanted to get another shot at him one way or the other. The few times they did get pressure, he burned you. By the way, was, was he also not aware that you're allowed on offense to use pre-snap motion? Because in any circumstance in which the Chiefs used any of it, the Eagles had no answers at all. They, were, they played almost exclusively man in the second half. And any time, especially around the, in the red zone, the Chiefs used motion, Eagles had no answer. It, it, was, it was like Groundhog Day by the end. You were seeing the same play work over and over and over with no adjustments at all. Arizona, take the guy. Take him for God's sake. The, the one thing I will say is the one adjustment they tried to make, Neek made the point, was the last play where he gets called for holding. They put Bradbury up there and tried to press the receiver. In that case, it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. And that time, he winds up getting caught with his uh, hand in the cookie jar. It, it, it's a, it's a, I hear what you're saying. I mean, they, they did. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy put on a, and Mahomes put on a master class in offensive coaching in the second half, and that's sort of the way I viewed it. But what you're saying is they greatly outcoached their opposition, and I would have to agree. And I do wonder, because it was the Super Bowl, and because there's an extra long halftime, and because Patrick Mahomes' ankle was injured, did that extra time help Mahomes in any way? Did they shoot it up? Did they extra tape it? Did the extra time that the Chiefs had... Like, I don't think, generally speaking, stuff happens at halftime that impacts the second half of the game. Generally speaking, I think these things are sort of set. But it's obvious that there was a huge... like. My thought entering halftime was, if the Eagles stop Kansas City coming out of the half, they're going to win the game. They came straight down, and from then on, it was downhill the entire way, and I think Jonathan Gannon. If there's one person to blame today, it's not the official. It's the Eagles defensive coordinator. Well, I mean, look, you just made the point. They are, the, they are officially the only team ever to score 35 points in the Super Bowl and lose. Or a conference championship game. Teams, Green, in the conference championship round or the Super Bowl, if you have scored 35 points entering yesterday, you were 39-0. No quarterback had ever had four touchdowns in the Super Bowl had lost. It was an unprecedented loss for Philly in that game. Well, what's going to happen now is that your already bad mood is about to get much, much worse. I'm going to bring your arch nemesis into the studio coming up next to share to allow him to gloat at your expense. So that should be excruciating. I'll also tell you how the best moment of the night came before the game even began. Greeny, the podcast.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. He strives to be the greatest. That's the way he works. I mean, he wants to be the greatest player ever. I mean, here in the Super Bowl, you can worry about uh, getting it healthy in the offseason, so I, I just kind of fought through and we were able to win the game. Toughest son of a gun you ever you ever met, man. That Texas, that Texas gunslinger ain't going to let nothing get in the way. Patrick Mahomes, the unquestioned hero of last night's Super Bowl 57, although Rihanna certainly gave him a run for his money at halftime. Greeny with you here. And when I said before the break that my favorite moment of the night came before the game even kicked off, the Eagle fans were so on brand. Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Cowboys, wins the Walter Payton Man of the Year. It's genuinely the greatest honor. It's like getting the, the uh, what is that called? It's, it's like, get, it's like the, the equivalent of getting like the, the, uh, the civilian, the Medal of Freedom, whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. Right, right. It's like the highest honor the highest that you honor. can possibly mm-hmm. give. And the Eagle fans booed him because that's what they do. And I loved so. it. I mean, nothing could have been more on brand. Nothing could have been more perfect, as you tweeted, right? That's exactly that's, right. That was, that was meant to happen in that moment. And look, Dak Prescott had the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, and he got booed as he deserved it. And, and <laughs> I certainly like the fact that they did it. But it also made me think about uh, one of our dearly departed best friends. Nuno is a unique personality. There's just that je ne sais quoi. He puts notes on all of the games into the Google Doc for me. And I like it. I just enjoy it. Nuno's Notes. Ah, sure. Let's do it. All right, and so we thought we would bring Nuno back. He's now producing KJM in the morning, so we don't have him with us every day. But we thought we would allow him to come back and provide some notes here at the expense of Hembo, because there's nothing that you hate more than A, Philly fans, and B, Hembo himself. So, Nuno, go ahead. I'm just giving you the floor. Take it away. What's up, Greeny? How's it going, <laughs> Hembo? Uh, so, uh. there's a bunch of thoughts going running through my head. So, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Go. Um, not sure if you know this, Hembo, but two former Giants cost the Eagles the Super Bowl. <laughs> Kadarius Toney 
and James Bradbury. Mm. Yeah, that is true. That's delightful for him, but for, for Nuno, the Giant fan. I forgot to mention our punter. Like, you, you had to punt twice. You couldn't have just kicked a legit real punt? Yeah, That terrible. was a brutal moment. He did make a tackle, but one way or the other. <laughs> you Go should ahead, Nuno. To. But keep, keep laying into Hem- oh. to Hembo here. Don't worry, Hembo. You always have the 76ers to look forward to. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Your coach is Doc Rivers. You'll be out by the second round. <laughs> I didn't realize this was actually a roast. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Keep going. I'm enjoying oh, this it. This is awful. All right, so you've made the World Series. You made the Super Bowl. Do you consider yourself a winner or just the number one loser? That's it. That's, that is the question. Do you consider yourself, in the words of the great Ricky Bobby, second place is just the first loser? Uh so I think it actually depends on the context here. This is, prob- this is the best Eagles team of my lifetime. The Phillies were a house money team. They shouldn't have been there. I can look back on that fondly. I, I won't look back on this fondly at all. Like This is a game we should have had, a season we should have had, and you can't ever assume you're going to be back. So, so the answer here, uh, Nuno, clearly is he's a loser. Yeah. I mean, th- there's, no, there's no doubt about it. He views that in a losing context, and, and we richly should. These are mm. Nuno's notes. What else do you have for us, Nuno? So how do you feel about the fact that you know, the guy you guys just sent away, Andy Reid, actually beat you guys. Does that <laughs> hurt a little bit more? No, actually not. Uh, he's been gone long enough that I, um, I, said, I kind of root for Andy. I view him as a sympathetic figure. And the Eagles won in 2017 before he did. If the Eagles had not won a championship, though, since he left, last night would have felt very differently. Very differently. Like, the, the sting was not as strong, given the fact that we won and we won before he did. Does that feel like he's kind of... Like projecting like that, that feels like an excuse there, doesn't it? Like, like that, that feels like something you just say. Exactly. That's kind of one of those, let me try to figure out how to feel better for myself. Right. So here's <laughs> Greeny, and you can help me out with this. Yes. Here's what I've been grappling with today as mm-hmm. a Giant fan. It's a beautiful thing that the Eagles lost, right? Yes. Because oh, yeah. they just deserved it based upon because of just Hembo mm. um, and people like Hembo. But I was gr- wondering is... Is it the way they lost? What's best for someone who hates another team? That Watching them lose based upon a, a questionable call or l- seeing, let's say, Jalen Hurts going down the field and throwing a pick to end the game. Like, what's, what would have been the better situation for us to revel in? What, what would have been the more – was this the most painful way you could imagine losing? No, this was the least satisfying way to lose because it was kind of taken from you. So, I w- yeah, actually, yes. I would have rather Jalen Hurts throwing a pick six on the last drive or something like that to seal it, because at least we had the ball. It feels like another defense mechanism there talking. Um, I, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I feel like you're just trying to find ways to deflect I'm gonna the things Nuno is saying. therapy for this. This was a devastating one. You have one more for us. I got 20 seconds. No, just a good thing, and this will make you smile, Hembo. The Colts are going to hire another Eagles offensive coordinator. That worked out very well for them last time. So you're good. <laughs> very nicely played, Nuno. It's a delight to have you back. You're uh, the delight in which you revel in the misery of others remains unmatched. You are without peer. We continue on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, 
marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.